0: On WNJH HD1, Hamilton. The views
1: and opinions expressed on this show are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers who are entirely responsible for all show content and do not reflect the opinions of WNJHradio.com. This program is not intended to diagnose any condition or promote any lifestyle. And now, WNJHradio.com presents The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel Church in Hamilton.
2: For you who are live with us on the radio and you who are live with us on Facebook and other forms of media, we really appreciate your support. Uh, If you could smash that like button and click and subscribe and do all of those things that everybody else asks you to do, we're asking you to do them also. They help us to uh, be able to uh, reach more people and get the word out to many more. So please do that for us. Help us to know uh, that you're listening. Send us a comment. Feel free to send us a prayer request. We do take them seriously, and we will pray for you. And as we will always do, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we come to you. It is good to be able to share your truth. And this evening, we want to encourage others to walk in the truth of who you are, to get them to know you a little bit better, so that we might have a greater confidence and peace restored to our lives. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight, the topic, Doc, it's good to have you with me. guest This evening, Dr. Ken Irvis. Over here, we are going to have a discussion this evening. The discussion is concerning God sees, not just does God see, but how that relates to. Well, there's a a problem going on, unfortunately, in America, and the problem that's going on in America is, well, I'm going to put it this way. There is a current trend of biblical illiteracy. That means that people do not know what the Bible really says. There is an overall trend of religious illiteracy regardless of the religion. There are some religions that are growing in number, and there are other religions that are dropping in numbers, but most religions that reported said that those who have even, we'll call it, joined their faith don't know the foundational truths of what is taught in that faith. They're more of a joining an organization because it makes them feel safe, makes them feel as though they're restored in their relationship with God, makes them feel, because we've been in a culture now for quite some time, Doc, we've been in a culture where people are saying, nobody understands me, nobody gets me, nobody knows me, nobody cares about me. Does God care? And we tell him, of course, God cares. But the problem is that society, well, well, we'll look at some of these issues. Let me just give you some of the topics that have been on my mind and why we're going to discuss them this evening. One of them is this that there is a, a major focus on me. This is the me generation. It's the me too. It's the selfie um, generation. The selfie generation that's a good way to put it. The selfie generation. When we real I'm not bashing anybody that does it. But when we feel the most important thing we can send to our Facebook friends is what we had for lunch, I think we're missing an opportunity. It's nice to know where you had your lunch. That's great. Support the places that you're going and the friends that you're enjoying company with whom you're enjoying company. That's great. However, is that what the purpose of taking that time out of busy schedules is best used uh, and if that's the case then maybe that's a maybe that's why society is in the condition it's in I'm not saying don't post them I'm just saying don't make that your sole post uh, look I, I'm not bashing it I'm just saying yeah I'm gonna say it read a book Read a book. A library is full of them. They are out there, and readers are leaders. It is one of those phrases that you really do want to get to know. Doc, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh oh! Here before we get to this. Do you read? <laughs> yes, on occasion. On occasion, I know better than that. (laughs) I've seen your library. Yeah. (laughs) See, I
1: try to only ask questions of my guests (laughs) that I already know the The answer answer to. That I think that's the policeman in you. (laughs) (laughs) The policeman only asks questions that he already has the answer to, for the most part. So, yes, I know you're a reader.
2: Why do you read so much? I mean, look, let's be real. How old are you, Doc?
1: Really? Uh, I'll be 74.
2: If you don't mind, Sharon. I'll, I'll, I'll be 74. You You'll be 74. You don't I'm an out, old man. But you're 74 years old. And you are, up until recently, you were a practicing physician. Right. Now, had to read. Had to read. Of course you had to read. Right. But now, you still choose to read. Yeah. And by the way, for last year and the year before, I personally really appreciate you keeping up on things, consulting with your old... Uh, cro- uh. I don't want to call them old cronies. Colleagues. Thank you for the clarity. We can amend this and we can address it. uh, uh, We'll have our producer delete that and add the word colleagues. Your colleagues and your consults with them in order to navigate through some of the, we'll call it the information slash alternate information (laughs) to try to come to some semblance of truth to be able to help uh, people navigate through their choices and decisions when it came to health uh, decisions they've been making over the last couple of years. So yeah. I want to say for me and for my family and for the church family, on behalf of uh, us, thank you very much for being a studious reader. It's important. Why do you still read, Doc? I mean, I know that you... Information. Info- why is information... Information... So, so you're going to gain information, Info- inf- Information and uh,
1: uh, uh, gives you um, a handle up to act wisely. So if you don't have the information, information you can't... You can't, you can't make wise decisions. And what
2: do you need to make wise decisions in, Doc? Uh,
1: everything. Give me a uh, first. Any choice. Give me top three. Uh, top three. Health. Health. That's a biggie. That, that's real finances, finances. That's a biggie. Okay, um, and entertainment, entertainment. That's a big deal. Doc, see,
2: you hit three right off the bat. I mean, I didn't even. And prep this you was for not it.
1: pre-planned. No, folks. I didn't prep
2: before. I see that you, you came prepared with with uh, the word of God for sure. But you know, I just I want to know why you why you continue to
1: learn to amass information. If but you want it, to go on uh, e- even one this. that's bigger. In times of stress, having information helps. How does it help? It helps by giving you a perspective on the elements causing the stress.
2: So, for instance, a news flash happens. So, it's 70 some days ago. Uh, Vladimir Putin invades the Ukraine. All of a sudden, the world goes, Holy moly, look at what's going on. And immediately before the second banner flashes across their their screen, they've already decided who's right and who's wrong.
1: Yeah.
2: Because it's based on headlines. It is all based on headlines. And the headlines have given us, so I would believe, and that's why I'm uh, encouraged to hear what you say, because I did some independent reading. I wanted to find out all of the reasons. You know, it, it just seemed odd to me that all of a sudden, Vladimir Putin is, uh-oh, villain number one. He, Adolf Hitler, and—, and Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> Tojo. Uh, all right, Tojo. <laughs> they are way up there in now villains in uh, recent history. And I'm thinking, but he knows that, that there are consequences for actions. And what is the gain and what is the potential loss and what is the hurt to his people? and what is you know, and you start to it, look at it. it's more what is the miscalculation? And then you find out what is the miscalculation. and then you hear what's going on everywhere else. and then you see who's politicizing. I'm just I'm going to digress here for just a moment. There's a, a new uh, uh, documentary out about Three Mile Island. Now Three Mile Island in 1979, I believe it was had a uh, a problem with the core. One of the, uh, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, I am not a physicist nor a scientist, I'm just an observer, so I'm going to use the vernacular that I believe best describes the conditions. In order for a nuclear reaction to take place, when their nuclear reaction takes place, the Reactor and the nuclear fissionable material has to be kept cool by fresh water flowing into it constantly. Apparently, there was some problem with a valve, fresh water didn't get into the chamber, the water heated, superheated, and there was the possibility of a meltdown.
1: Yeah, but they dropped the rods, but that's not before the water got superheated.
2: Okay, now we adjust a week before that, seen a movie called The China Syndrome. Yep. Not a half bad movie, but it talked about nuclear reactors and what would happen if, and if there's a meltdown, it could theoretically melt all the way through the Earth, all the way to China. Now, we know that scientifically doesn't happen, but that was what they called it, The China Syndrome. And then a week later, after the movie comes out, we have this happen. Now, the superheated steam with a level of radioactivity was released into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We also know that in 1980 I'm going to get the year wrong, 80 something Chernobyl 86 86 Chernobyl had a similar event, no, I had a much worse event. Meltdown and there was much superheated radioactive steam released into the atmosphere. We also know, or we're told, that every other nuclear reactor in the world, as that radioactive plume passed by, released superheated radioactive steam into the atmosphere because it disperses much of a liquid into steam that is very expensive to transfer and store for almost an eternity. So in order for so in order for that to happen, every nuclear reactor arguably in the world contributed to the the radioactive, radioactive
1: plume
2: plume all over the place. There are seventy <laughs> okay. some nuclear reactors just in the United States. so here we are saying something happened, and now we are we are at the um, mercy of the news. We're at the mercy of the newspapers, the television, and reporters. And I think that today we are in a much different position, some 40 years later, where we have other sources. There are people that can provide information that is observable. People on the ground who can say, look, I know this is what they're telling you, but here's a video camera of what I see from mm-hmm. where I'm standing. And then you can get a different perspective. And that's, so mm-hmm. when this invasion of Ukraine happened, we now have a thousand images at our fingertips of what's going on right on the ground as it's happening, which is, and is amazing to me to have it almost in real time what's going on in the world. So I think it's now more critical than ever to read and find out what's really going on in the world so that you can have peace. So you don't have your peace robbed of you. So you're not just led from one scary tale to the other. Yeah,
1: that's that's true. And as far as that whole conflict is concerned, I'm kind of like looking at it uh, from a military point of view, but I'm not going to be invested in anything until ninety days in.
2: Why ninety days?
1: Well, that that's three months, and that that's going to determine whether this is going to be a long and protracted uh, conflict, uh, which I think w- one of the major parties is uh, uh, didn't count on, uh, or or it's going to be negotiated. Okay, so why are
2: we even talking about? It? I mean, the topic is supposed to be God sees. Yeah, well, the topic
1: is supposed to be the religious views of well, people. Well, God sees this and God knows that was going to happen. Because
2: I want us to know. I want us to be aware. You know, we all have a we all have an opinion. And there's not a person I know that does not have some opinion about what's going on over in Ukraine. And most of the opinions then boil down to this. How can we help? And I love that because mm-hmm. uh, most of the people that I know and the people especially, and listen, shout out for the town of Hamilton and the community around us, Calvary Chapel specifically, and I'm sure other churches are are wonderful at this also, but shout out to all you guys because your concern is how can we help the people? The politics, you know, they'll they'll sort it all out, I'm mm-hmm. sure. We're praying for the people of Ukraine and we're helping to meet the need of the people who are hurting as a result of it. But opinions are running wild. We need to know that there's—we need to read, and we need to read more than just the newspapers. What we do have available is we have a book, and the book is called the Bible. And the Bible tells us that you will see this happen more and more frequently. You're going to see things like famine. A word is called pestilence, and pestilence is— What we just experienced. Which is what? A plague. A plague. Yeah. So, what we would call the pandemic, God's word calls a pestilence.
1: But it also includes um, any kind of disease in the
2: plants. Disease in the plants. Listen, I I'm not. I have no idea what the farmers are fighting, but I know they fight vigorously. V- vigorously, yeah. And
1: if they get a new uh, organism that cuts into uh, 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 the uh, food supply. What, that's well, that's da- that's dangerous. And when we, so I want to
2: take us to the place where we, we spend uh, an amount of time, whatever the amount of time is, looking and seeing what's going on in the world. And we have uh, follow-ups and we're familiar with. And, you know, fortunately, um, things like the Kardashians are not as... M- Super focused on the radar as other things and I, well
1: this, 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 this conflict definitely took a lot of people's attention off of that.
2: Well good because it should but let's put it on the on helping people that are hurting,
1: regardless of the, but the it, cause but it, it, it puts us in the gives us a better perspective. but if you know your, 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 your Bible in, in Matthew 24 and 25, he said there're going to be wars and rumors of wars. And what does that mean, wars and rumors of wars? You well, know? there are going to be conflicts that we see right now. I mean, when this broke out, I got a lot of people thinking, is this the beginning of Armageddon? Is this the Ezekiel War? And I had to say, no, no, no. This is part of the wars and rumors of, and rumors of wars. Rumors of wars. Are oh, is China going to uh, invade Taiwan? Oh, oh, is North Korea going to do something because it's launching more and more intercontinental ballistic missiles? Uh, is there is, uh, is uh, list a couple of more get the, closer to Israel? Uh, I'm, I'm walking right there <laughs> right now. It says that Russia, because of the Ukrainian war, is abandoning some of its positions in. Syria and turning it over to Iran and Hezbollah and that's another rumor of war there and
2: up into Turkey and you start to see some of the rumblings over there because I mean let's face it folks we're not unique here in the United States of America here in the United States of America we want best for our country
1: we think well of our country, well, for the most part. For the most <laughs> I was about to say, some people could say, no, let's think more globally. And well, praise God up- we have the freedom to be able to voice that opinion.
2: opinion. But the reality is we typically like our country, we want to see our country better, and we want to see more countries like our country with freedoms and liberties that we have here. We want to embrace more. We want to educate more. We want to give better health care to the world. We want to see those things. we We want others to have the benefits of the life that we have and enjoy throughout the world. Many other cultures and countries feel the same way. If you were to go to, let's just say, for instance, Ireland. Ireland does not, they are not sitting around Dublin saying, man, if we were only New York City. They're not thinking that. They grew up. In Ireland, they love Ireland. If they're in Dublin, many of them are living there. They have jobs. They're working for uh, the necessity to feed their families. They're saving up for the the next trip. big event in their life. The next, like I said, amusement. One of the maybe things. their next trip. Maybe they're buying a car. Maybe I mean, they're all struggling with the high cost and the inflation. The whole mm-hmm. world is. Mm-hmm. But they're not sitting around saying, man, we should be Americans. When you go to Turkey, the people in Turkey do not say, oh, boy, we missed an opportunity to be American. They want to be Turkish. Mm-hmm. When you're in Israel, the Israelis do not say, man, I just want to be more like you people in New Jersey. No. They see the housewives of New Jersey, and they're very happy to live in Tel Aviv. They enjoy yeah. <laughs> their life in their home and their family. <laughs> You have Uncle Tony laughing over there. <laughs> so when you, when you start to look around and you say, well, since people really do feel that way, then we need to understand that people at their very core uh, want to be happy right where they are. They don't necessarily, unless they are terribly mistreated, they don't necessarily want to flee somewhere. They want to be better where they are for okay. the most part. Now, having said that, many people grow up believing that they're okay. And they're okay with their government. They understand their form of government and they're okay with it. They they grew up in it. They understand it. If you go to China, <coughs> you'll find out that the average person in China understands the way the government works. And, and that's the way it is. And that's the way it is. You know, whether they are in agreement with it or disagreement with it, they are much more quiet about it than we are here in the United States where we're more vocal about everything. We, we feel a right to be vocal about everything, <laughs> everything. Um, however but they have it and they have a worldview and they have a view concerning religion now but they all believe every people group in the world believes that God sees them and they believe that they everyone has a religious belief whatever that religious belief is whether that's an afterlife through karma where you come back and rein. Is reincarnated, whether that's you go back to be uh, one of your uh, to a place where you become an ancestor. Yeah, you go to your ancestors, and you go to your answer. ancestors, and you get to join them. And some get to help in the the living world, and some do not. And some, you know, their ancestors are. We'll call them spiritual guides. Spiritual guides. Thank you very much. And there are others that talk about a place called heaven. There are others that talk about a place called nirvana. There are others that talk about a place called, hmm, I'm going to get it wrong, Um, Thule is a place of the gods.
1: Oh, you're, you're talking to Norris. Right. Norris. So,
2: I mean, everybody has a religious
1: view, and there's or, a... Or I, had, because that got switched over most of the Nordic countries now, Christian.
2: Okay, so typically
1: people have a religious worldview, and they believe that
2: there's going to be a heaven. I noticed a trend, and this is not just a trend in family and friends. This is a trend in talking to religious leaders and pastors at communities and things like that. And as we get together and we talk, and the books that I'm reading, because I like to read... Uh, I've noticed that religious leaders have recognized that people that are even joining their faith don't know what they're joining.
1: Yeah, they Most, don't have an understanding. Right. That 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 is true.
2: So why um, do you think people, that is?
1: But, because it's hard. It's hard. What's hard? Uh, 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 having it takes effort. It's not hard. It takes effort, and a lot of people don't want to extend that effort like we were talking about earlier. A lot of people's religion is, okay, I'm over here. I got my views. You have your views. We're just going to leave it at that. And another group of people said, well, I grew up as fill in the blank. So I respect those people who really practice what I'm supposed to practice. Then those there are those people who kind of like Um, have a not a have a have a habit, okay? Of I practice the religion now. Did your mom have a? No, my parents really didn't. My parents quote didn't become quote religious until they were older. In fact, when I was a teenager, my mother and I used to discuss religion because essentially we were both babes in the faith. And we'd have argu—not arguments. We'd have discussions, and 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 I'm really, It wasn't arguments. We argue about other things, about my politics, etc. But we had discussions about religion that took hours, and she had to go to work late and said, "I had to have a talk with my son," uh. which was totally true. Uh. But it was I held her up because we we were engaged so much. And my father kind of like sat in the background, kind of like how your dad did it, until he moved to Pittsburgh, and then we saw how really religious he was. And it, it, it brought him out, and um, that was 12 years of enlightenment to where when he went down to Oklahoma, he was always talking to people about Jesus Christ. and Nice. Yeah, he was kind of like... Better
2: have started out a little slower and finished well. Than yeah. the other way around. Well,
1: yeah, that's that that's true. So, it was it was it was that way in my family. Although although my father his mother started a church, an Episcopal church in Harlem called St. Martin's and that's where I was I went to. And his grandmother started a Seventh Day Adventist church <laughs> across the street. So, you know, grandma and great-grandma were kind of like So you think you got the truth, huh? So you think you got the truth, huh? (laughs) So it was interesting. He came from that. And that's why, because of that conflict, that's why I think he was more subtle, because he didn't want to take sides. Right, because you got grandma, you're going to make mad. Yeah. Mom, mom, I love your church. I'll go to your church, and but, you know, Grandma's church is across the street, and I'm going to follow Pops because he's really in a bind between his wife and his mother. So they kind of like retreated, and they were very kind of like introspective when it came to, to religion. That? Well, I don't know about, about you and your—
2: I'm, I'm learning about mm-hmm. you and your, your family background. In my family background, and this, this seemed to be fairly common in many of my family— and that was that the fathers made religion important. Mm-hmm. Religion is very important. Honey, take the kids to church. <laughs> and it was, mom took the kids to church. Dads were, uh, I identified
1: as, get this th- is my religion. Get this. Go Me ahead. and my brother went to church by ourselves. Really? Yep.
2: See, now, that's because that's
1: Because my father knew so many people. Because of the two churches on either side of the street. Right. He says, when you leave this door, I got people watching you all the way. There. I know when you go to the candy store and spend the money that we gave you to. to, put, in uh, to put in the offering. To put the offering. And so, you know, like he says, I never, ever, ever wondered whether you were going to be harassed because of his reputation in Harlem at the time and nice. the, the two churches. So we walked there and it was safer. So we walked down to 125th Street, which is the main street, past the Apollo and everything, went to Lennox Avenue, made that right hand turn, you know, looked at great grandma's church and then walked into grandma's church and walked back. So, you know, and whatever, our shavings off the top, <laughs> went to the candy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay, we, di- we didn't hear <laughs> that. Oh, right. yeah. I, oh I, God, I, but God saw it. Yeah, and God he saw, saw it. And that was a typical little Tony, got something to say. All right, let's go back a step. You're mentioning about people and everything going to church. I guess my generation had made the change, I would say, that church is not number one. Everything else in their lives is one, two, three, right? Well, in your, I guess the correct word would be your pe- professional opinion.
2: In so, my professional opinion, my generation dropped the ball. How? My generation. The, I was which born was in, the beginning of mine. I was born in sixty one, uh, so I, I'm a late end of the baby boomers. Yeah, baby boomers are we uh, dropped the ball? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to bash baby boomers. Yeah, I, we I, did.
1: I'm, I'm part of it.
2: And here's the reason we relied heavily on grandma. Right. That fathers felt it was important to have the religious connection. Correct. I don't know that my father, growing up in the religion. Uh, all right. Uh, my father was Catholic. And he was Catholic. He was christened and confirmed. He spoke both English and Italian, but he was born in 1926, so it's a different era. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the Catholic Church is, is the church here in Hamilton. It's where he grew up. It's where his father, who did not speak English, would have taken him and felt sense of community and, and a fellowship right. there. Identical. Right. Identical. So as they're growing up... Catholicism was important to him. Once he became of age, it seemed as though the trend was men don't necessarily go to church regularly. Women Mm -hmm. go to church regularly, Mm -hmm. and kids go to church regularly. But men are busy, and men work, and men have responsibility. And my father was, he was a, I wouldn't say workaholic, but he couldn't sit still. He was a worker. So Sundays... Even though it's the Lord's day and a day of rest, that meant it's the day of cleaning out the truck and cleaning the garage mm-hmm. and sharpening your tools mm-hmm. and making your estimates and getting, because he, he was self employed. So, day off really doesn't mean very much to a person that, that's that motivated. But Sunday morning was important. He made breakfast, he and I made breakfast, and then mom took us to church. Mm-hmm. That was important to him. Grandmom was uh, was absolutely critical to her. Grandpop didn't
1: go to church. Yeah. The, dad, like my, my my dad worked in the post office so he was coming in. He did the night shift cuz so he so he was coming in when we were going out right. to church. So, so. we all so basically I'm, right. So were a I'm going to
2: be like my dad. Right. I want I I Remember distinctly, I was in third grade and my handwriting was so terrible that they had this machine. They put my hand in with rubber bands so that they would help me Mm -hmm. with my penmanship Mm -hmm. and had me over and over and over again work on my penmanship because I practiced writing like my dad. Yes. And my dad had terrible penmanship. And I thought, men have terrible penmanship. I want to write my name like this. It's barely If you didn't know it was a signature, you wouldn't know it was a signature. Mm-hmm. It didn't you couldn't read Vincent Lombardo out of it. It was a scribble. Mm-hmm. So I learned to scribble my name, and my signature still is pretty terrible. Because I practiced now you're a physician, so you've got I you've practiced.
1: Got you got scribbled to an art form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In fact, people looked at my name and said That's your name. And I said, I can point to every letter. And then when I pointed to it, they said, yeah, that is your name. But But I deliberately wanted to be like my
2: dad. So I smoked cigarettes at the earliest possible age. And I did what my dad did because I wanted to be like my dad. Uh, My dad was a great man. Uh, So why wouldn't I want to? So in my mind, I'm thinking men don't necessarily go to church. Kids go to church men don't go to church. Women take the kids to church. Wives take the kids to church. So now you're an adult, and you're like, all right, it's okay. I had friends at church. I went to youth group at church, and and church was a big part of my life, but it wasn't the center of my life. All of a sudden, things become important to me. I get married, have some challenges that I'm facing Mm -hmm. as a result of being married, which was interesting, and had some uh, discussions and arguments with the Church over things like children Mm -hmm. and whatnot, and I had to know what the Bible said, and I realized that I was ignorant to the Bible. I had been in Church literally my whole life, since my mom—I don't know that she carried me, because I don't remember being carried to Church, but I remember walking hand-in-hand with her to church, she didn't drive a car till I was almost five years old, so here we are, her walking me to church, so ever since I was that young, I was in church, and now I'm confronted with, and I didn't know what the Bible said. And I thought to myself, it's really important to know what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And as I started to read what the Bible said, I said, this is really important to know this stuff. This changes your perspective and gives you hope and answers to get through and navigate through life. I don't know why people don't take advantage of this, because once you see what's in the Bible, it comes alive. And it makes life not only more endurable, it makes it joyful.
1: So what I had to do— was and I, and I thank the man mentally as often as I can. Hal Lindsey brought a great amount of of people into looking at the world through a biblical lens with the late great Planet Earth. That was and, a fantastic and, and event. And, and, there
2: was there was a start of a movement. Yeah, but when you look at the before that took place and yeah. we'll call it the yeah. late it 70s. was like, huh, yeah. We had, uh, like, somebody just texted in and said, wasn't the gospel watered down, and wasn't it hijacked by people who just had a feel-good vibe to life? And I said, you know, you're right. As I'm looking at the text, I'm like, you're right, because we thought God is love, God is peace, let's tune out, and let's just
1: enjoy life, because but, now we're really spiritual. But the, but, the, but the the gospel was watered down because it was ritualized. Well, I think the churches started to draw
2: hard lines in the sand. You know, here I am, uh, growing up in the Catholic Church over here, and my mother was a Baptist over here, so she's taken us to the Baptist Church, yet I'm still a Catholic, and there's a conflict between the religious leaders of the Catholic Church, as well as the religious leaders of the you know the Baptist church in form function prayers confessions so so Methodist, let me take all of let,
1: let me take that point go ahead. and go and go a half a generation ahead of you a half a you. generation we saw that kind of conflict as okay we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. if you guys can't get your act together i mean what's right catholic baptist pentecostal Episcopal you you guys can't get it together we're walking away from it, and that's when you had the society say, Is God dead and you had all of this out in the sixties when you were a kid, right, but I was in college, God is dead, you had the war, you know like oh yeah that that's good the leaders oh oh yeah, we had the assassination of jfk and the assassination of malcolm x and the assassination of martin luther king so it's like people killing people we got a war that we don't know why we're fighting and we have all this conflict of you know
2: and then you get a president that you lose confidence in yeah and then what are you left with and i we're on our own i could tell you that that My view was even the music was trending. You start to hear the music starting to saying, you got to get to California. You got to get to California. Mm I don't know where you were. Beach Boys were a big deal. Oh, yeah. And the Beach Boys are talking about, man, surfing. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get me a... Mm -hmm. And fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. Surfboard, Woody. California girl. Oh, man. California girl. It's always (laughs) sunny and summer. But then it was welcome to Hotel California. And it wasn't what it was. Well, look at what it is. And then if you go to California, you realize that that it's not all it's cracked up to be. And it's difficult and it's expensive. And if you don't have a skill in a trade, you're not just going to be able to live on the beach and have your life provided for you.
1: But then you had had that wonderful movement, the Jesus movement. Then the Jesus movement started. And that came right at the time when you had all the assassinations and the war in Vietnam and Chuck Smith was out there. And he was doing, and it and it and it trickled to the East Coast, and That's along right. with the with the uh, 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 the late great Planet Earth, College, Just present saying, darkness, late great Planet Earth, the left, not the Left
2: Behind series. No, that hadn't the, started yet. There were uh,
1: um, uh, Satan is alive and well
2: on Planet Earth. I'm trying to think of the the movies that we saw in churches. There were a lot of movies in the '70s in the churches and uh there was a song i wish we'd all been ready was a very famous song mm-hmm. in the movie oh i can't remember anyway but it was all and it was terrible get right or get left if you don't know jesus you're going to die and spend eternity in hell the rapture is coming the but there
1: was an, there was another alternative and it was be a jesus freak or just try to do it with sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and we saw enough people burn and crash. Out, yeah, with sex, drugs, and rock and roll,
2: that to be well, achieved- it only lasts as long as it lasts, right? And then it leaves you uh, absolutely yeah. empty and destitute. And when you find the end of it, you find no hope because you right. lost everything. You, you lost look- your friends, your family, uh, and then where do you go? You Fortunately, look- there is a place you can go. Uh, yeah. You know, so we had the. Uh, I believe that religion was hijacked. I believe that uh, religion became divisive, mm-hmm. that denominations then started looking at it. Like I'm telling you, there were conservatives who missed great opportunity in great. the 60s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really, when the Beatles flew into Greenville, South Carolina, and the Beatles were really super popular, but rock and roll was viewed as music of the enemy, Satan's music, the devil's music— That on the runway at Greenville Airport, where the Beatles were touching down, they lined the runway with barrels, and they set record albums on fire in the barrels lining the runway. But the Beatles had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. They thought, they're right in the middle of the Bible Belt, isn't this great, we're very popular, Mm -hmm. they love us. And then they were met with, they hate us. And who's the group of people that hate them? The Church. The Church hated... Group of young men. But,
1: but, the, but the church at the same time, having come from my point of view, you have Martin Luther King and the church. And he was using scripture to say, your attitude towards a minority population who's also Christian right. is wrong. And I'll never forget Adrian Rogers, some 30 years later during Promise Keepers, uh, turns around, literally, Right like around 1997, and apologize for for the Southern Baptists. Good, because they blew it. They, they could blew. have, they could have, completely saying, "Look, if you're going to oppose, oppose it on biblical grounds," and that's how. Um, Martin Luther King actually mobilized the African American community because they said, hey, let them have what they have and we'll have what we have. And he said, no, you cannot, you know, how can you say I love God who you can't see and hate my brother who you can You can't let them do that. So he based that whole thing on a religious point of view. So in the African-American community is either, hmm, I'm going to go with Malcolm that essentially said, let them have what they have. And we have what we have. Or you could go with Martin Luther King that says, hmm, if you say you love God, but you let your brother hate you and not tell him, then it's on you. And that's how it, that's how it broke down. And we can see the the, 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 the difference in the, in the two directions and the fruit of the two directions, his group, you know, he was assassinated essentially by his own, but that's up in the air. But the thing is, what we needed, it was another delete alternative. Delete that Anything that's highly controversial or inflammatory, we delete. We delete, yes. We, no, I didn't say that. But anyway, um, the, the fruit of it is there is an alternative. And you must get to know. M- so, so here's,
2: and here's where I, I want you to take this. The alternative that you're talking about is you have to know. Right. How, when you grew up, you're telling me you didn't know. No, it is didn't. Because your family didn't teach you. No. I'm telling you, I didn't know. And I was in churches. They assumed I knew. Because you were there. Because I was there. And I had my own Bible with my own name embossed on it, and I carried it with me to church every week. I got married. I am proud of my Bible. But I needed it, and I opened it up, and I found that I still had pages stuck together. That is a terrible misuse of the Word of God. I, and it's not the church's fault. It's my fault. I did not read it. I, but, was, I wasn't but, encouraged
1: to, but I but did But that's the thing. It. But that's the thing. The churches don't encourage people to know what the the scripture is. But they expect them to act
2: Christ-like. Don't they say, this is an attribute of Christ, Christ is love, how can you hate your brother? And they'll take every issue, and I mean every issue, that is the top 10 issues on Whatever. whatever social media today, and they will ask you a question, doesn't Jesus love this person? And my response is, he loves them enough to die for them. Mm-hmm. He loves them enough to die. He has greater love than any other man for every human, human life.
1: But if you don't know your scripture, right. you can't say that. Because you look at the be-
2: sometimes you look at the behavior of church people and you say, that does not line up with my understanding of who Jesus is. And I say, well, let's start with looking at who Jesus is and let's all of us line up all of our beliefs on the truth of who Jesus is and what he says. So
1: so in in that Go ahead, Doc, finish your statement. So in that, if you look at quote unquote church history, which which is not all that good. Right. In fact, church history is terrible. When he said, "Oh, the church is like a mustard tree grows into a great big tree and the birds of the air, yes, which is like the devil itself put <laughs> roots <laughs> have nests in it. yeah, the church had a lot of evil people in it so but the birds could rest in the in the in the tree because the scriptures weren't taught. correct. Ritual was taught. And yep. although you, although they said, oh, but the Protestant Reformation, uh, 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 they didn't teach it either. But when you and if you look at our history
2: everything that changed people's lives was the Word of God. Right. You look at the Puritans, and the Puritans said, we need, we now have the Word of God in our own language, in our own hands. Let's read it. They used what was called at the time the Geneva, Geneva Bible. Bible. right. They're reading the Geneva Bible. The printing press came out. Now people can get copies of the Bible. It's not just chained to a pulpit in a church somewhere over there. It's not kept in a library somewhere in the center of the big cities, not even in your town. You mm-hmm. may not even have one In your church, right now, people can have the Bible and they're reading it, and it changes lives, and it changes nations, and people become more like Christ. (laughs) And then it seems like there's a falling away. One generation, Uh, and they go away. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, mom's got that covered.
1: Effort. It takes effort to sit down and to get to know your God. You can't. It 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 takes effort to do good. That's what I think people don't understand. So you say it takes
2: effort to understand the Word of God?
1: Yeah. Yes, it does. It takes effort to be married. It takes effort to raise children. It takes effort to have any kind of career. It takes effort to get up and go to work and do a good job and work at your work as unto God. It takes effort. And people sometimes... No, I can't say some. A lot of times don't want to take the effort
2: listen and i i am gonna i'm gonna call some people out i know people who are very good and spend and i tried because i wanted to engage with some family members who play video games so i thought okay in the 70s i played video video games are way different than they were in the 70s put a quarter in Pac-Man and Pong and mm-hmm. whatever else you have. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. I got Dungeons and Dragons, not Dungeons mm-hmm. uh, Dragons Lair. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, good. I navigate through Dragons Lair. That is kindergarten compared to what they're going through you have to really pay attention, read page after page after page, practice hour after hour after hour for you to be any good at all at any of these video games that they're doing online with their buddies and they're up till 1 o'clock in the morning and they're putting their headphones on and they've got these. And they're building
1: systems that went in overclocking. I got into uh, making computers.
2: And as you start to do that, uh, they're spending a lot of time Because it's important to them.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I'm not trying to bash what's important to you. What I'm saying is you put in a lot of time because you wanted to be good at At, that. Some people put a lot of time in because they want to be good at martial arts. Some people put a lot of time in because they want to be good at a musical instrument. Put a lot of time because they want to be good at whatever they want to be good at at so what should we do with the most important, important book, book. Right. that has ever been written the most important decision you'll ever make is your eternity jesus christ and how he wants to influence your life i'm saying you should put the effort in thank you the, for, th- for doing for that the mo- for them
1: for the most important aspect of your life the most important aspect which is, aspect of which your, is life. your eternity if you want your, I mean, I would argue
2: that your marriage is more important than your extracurricular activities. Right. So uh, there's there should be no no argument to that. How do you have a good marriage? <laughs> you put a lot of I effort, effort in. into it. Yeah. How do you have a good godly marriage? How do you raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? How do you follow God's word when he says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when you leave your house, you are to talk to your children about spiritual things. As you're walking through your day, you are to be teaching your children the word of God as you come home at night. Go ahead, Doc.
1: But if you don't know it. But if you don't know it, what are you going to tell them? Yeah. Uh, Ritual. Ritual. What else are you going to tell them? Uh, you're going to say um, uh, the principles uh, expounded by the church. So so you, we have uh, now— What you a, make up. So we have a group of believers
2: that may go to church, whatever church they go to, and they go there because it's a ritual. I know I need to Tradition. do this. I know I need to do this. I know that that, that this is where God would want me.
1: This, that, and this is the way we've always done it.
2: This is the way we've always done it. That was a good sermon, things like that. You know, I really got a lot out of that. That's, and that's a level. That's a level of commitment. Mm-hmm. But there's a deeper level of commitment. And sometimes deeper level of commitment is, goes beyond that and says, you know what? I really want to get involved. So I want to get involved. What can I do? I'm going to become an usher, and I'm going to help people, and I'm going to hand out bulletins. Park park cars. I'll park cars. (laughs) That's what
1: I initially did.
2: (laughs) I'll help people. You know, uh, uh, I want to get involved with them. Some people go further, and they're like, you know, I really want to learn how to teach a Sunday school class. Well, great. We want to teach you how to teach a Sunday school class. That's fantastic. Some people grow a little deeper, and they're like, you know what? I think God's calling me and getting a hold of my life. You're taking a short-term mission trip. I want to be able to go. Some people go a little deeper and say, I want to know how to be able to interpret and read the Bible for my So I can help make disciples. We're commanded to go and make disciples. We're not commanded to make converts.
1: But the thing is this, sometimes that scares who's ever in charge of that church. Now, I'm going to blow your head up a little bit Go ahead. Okay? You aren't one of those kind of people. Some pastors, if you come there and you're more hungry and you're reading on your own and the Holy Spirit is talking to you, they start to get scared because... Are you trying to usurp my authority because people are coming to you and asking questions? And it's like, "No." Okay. And it's like, "You sure?" Well, I'm just reading the word and this is what God's told me. But I didn't tell you that. Hmm. And ah, see, well, and you I- can have you can get into churches where there it's a lot more controlling. See, Chuck Smith said, go out and learn the Bible. And if you go out and you go to God and learn the Bible, then we're going to be on the same page.
2: And Chuck Smith, he found people, taught them how to study the Word of God, and then got them teaching the Word of God. He was was a man who was not intimidated. That's it. Because he— My pastor, Gary— Lawton was not intimidated. He was encouraging to me. Let me help you get on a course of study so that you can. And I um, love still love the man. We're going to Israel together next year. I mean, uh, but he invested in me. I, I people. I'm investing in. I want. I want people to grow. Uh, I want them to get an earlier start than I had. So that by the time I mean I'm 60, almost 61 years old, by the time they're 61 years old, I want to have. I want them to have amassed much more and greater knowledge than I've amassed, because I only started when I was 26. So at 26—yeah, I'd been in church since my my whole life, and I had been baptized, and I had, had my own Bible, and I went to—so I knew a lot of the Sunday school stories, but I didn't know how to deeply apply the Word of God and didn't start on that course until in my my mid to late 20s but but and you continue growing but i want them to start sooner but,
1: <laughs> but 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 that's the thing that scares a a lot of whatever well I, let's just stick it to christianity because christianity you have the holy you're supposed to have the holy spirit in you to to interpret and expand the the Kirk. word of god inside you whether you hear it and you read it, and you, or you read it, and you hear it, and it reinforces all all the time. Um, and if you have a controlling kind of ritual, kind of habitual, kind of traditional, and God takes you out of that because it isn't biblical, right? See, and and that's and that's that's the problem with God will see you if you desire to see Him, you know. And God
2: sees us. I, I want people to know you're you're walking around life wondering if anybody cares. I want you to know somebody cares. Yeah. I want you. I mean, I can't tell you how many people post and wonder if you know when it's their birthday. Wonder if anybody's going to wish them a happy birthday. And I feel for them because they might not have a whole lot of friends, I feel bad for them. But I can tell you there's one who loves you and is closer than a brother. He'll love you that much, and mm-hmm. that's, that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Does he understand us? Yeah, he sees us. When he sees us in Genesis chapter 16, when he saw that young handmaid,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, she said the first time in the Bible, God sees me. God yeah, sees that's me. That's the first time in the Bible. It's hard, you know, when you're like, ah, does anybody actually get me? God gets you. God and gets and you. God, God always
1: sees you. Sees you. Um, like your, your sermon uh, yesterday, Woman at the Well. Yeah. God saw her. God saw he her. Sees, he sees me. Like uh, the nobleman, God sees me. Christ's whole ministry was, I see you, I yeah. know you, I see you, let me help you. Because I see that, you and let me help you.
2: And, and I... I'm going to hit the core of it because we're going to end in just a few minutes. The core of it is this. They did not know that God cared about them. They knew that there is a God. They knew that there is probably some day of reckoning, judgment, whatever it is, where I'm going to have to face him. And I'm pretty sure that I'll be on the right side of whatever it is, the hammer. I hope. I I hope I will. (laughs) I'm told that I will be because people that I trust, you know, my mom, my dad, my grandmom, you know, they're telling me, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I'm clinging to that hope. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes on, and he he wants to expand that, but he, he doesn't allow me to just get away with that. He said, look, this bumper sticker religion you got is not sufficient. The refrigerator magnet theology is not going to save you. Mm-hmm. Having good thoughts or kind words or sending thoughts to someone who just, you know, uh, we're sending our kind thoughts to the people over in the Ukraine. Your kind thoughts... I guess it's nice that your heart is that way, but they mean nothing if you don't have a relationship with God. God can't hear your prayer if God's not hearing your prayer. Then who are you praying they to? Do, yeah. If you don't even believe in God or you believe in some kind of a higher power, how are you going to get this some kind of higher power to do anything when you don't even know? So Jesus know. Christ came on the scene and He says, "I want you to know, I know you, I see you," and then He asks Him. He said, "Have you read it? Have and, you read it?" But
1: but in, even in that, I know you. You, won't you get to know me? And that's But the how do connection. we get to know him?
2: You, through his word. Through his word. So Jesus said, it's breaking my heart because you, and, and he's, he's gentle with them. He's even gentle with the Pharisees, and I love the fact that they were, they were out to get him, and they were hurtful. they eventually would put him to death on the cross, and yet he was gentle with them at first, and he said, have you not read, gentlemen? There it, you it not is. read?
1: And that's the key. The key is: Have you not read? Have you not gotten to the word and contemplated the word? The thing is, we have a book that is perfect. Yes, and yes that's what do. people don't realize. They say, "Oh, that's that's just a book." No, that is. This is a book that is perfect. The, I'm, but reading book, out. I'm reading a book on inerrancy, okay. and uh, full of theological seminary. So the evidence. Of quote unquote evolution, and, right. and and then went. Oh God, we're on the wrong side. Well, maybe it doesn't contain the whole truth. Maybe it contains some. We're not portion on the of, wrong
2: side. Yeah, and but but, but
1: but they didn't they didn't realize it, and right. they abandoned, and that has a cascading effect as much as or- 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 origin had a cascading effect. Uh, when you get off of the Word of God and go on. You know Aristotle said, Uh, "You know, but we got got three minutes, so I'm going to end with this." So Jesus
2: came to people and he asked them the question, "Have you not read?" And they're like, "Well, of course I've read it." And he said, "Did you read it, (laughs) or?" Have you had it in your <laughs> possession? Yeah, it is. You know, I, I had my Bible and I listened to sermons, and you know, radio stations are good, and you know, sermons on the radio they're they're helpful and effective, and podcasts are good and encouraging, but they're not a substitute for study of the Word of God. So Jesus asked them. He said, "Have you not read?" And then he asked them, and he said, "Have you never read this?" And he had to challenge them. He's like. You guys don't even generally read it, but have you read this to know? That's a question. Have you you want to find out these questions and get answers for them? Have you never
1: read the word of God? But the thing is, they hadn't. They knew right. the ta- Talmud and they, they knew what the Mishnah, they knew what the rabbi said, said. about it, so they knew <laughs>
2: They knew they a lot about the Bible, Bible, but they didn't know the Bible. Right. So Jesus then says, "Have you not read?" Then he gets deeper and says, "Have you never read?" And then he says, "Because you have not read,
1: you do err." Now that's the problem. You said one thing that was very telling when the scribes got a hold of him, and they and he said that to them, after they asked him questions. They didn't ask him any questions You're not anymore. Kidding. Because they had read and then they said, "You know something, he's right." And then um, I don't forget who's doing it—a um, uh, study in Malachi, and it shows in Malachi the first and second coming. Because everybody goes to Malachi, I will send Elijah before the great and terrible day of the war. But it also says, prior to that, I will send a messenger who will make straight. What John the Baptist quoted, I am the one crying in the wilderness to make straight the, the, the a way of the Lord. And that is in Malachi before that. So it's a scribe reading it or having copied it would say right. there, there are two. One comes in the form of Elijah as one who's in the wilderness, and then there is Elijah who will be identified as Elijah before the great and terrible day of the... And they might have gotten it. And as, as church history says, a lot of the scribes became Christians. Yes, A lot of the scribes. Because once Jesus calls you out and said,
2: because you have never read, you do error, people don't want to error. And they had to say to themselves, when people ask them, could you imagine being their, their child? 13 years old, just ready to become a man, and their father has just been called out by Jesus, because you have never read, you do err. Jesus said that you err, Dad. Do you err? No, son, I don't. He's wrong. He's mistaken. But you do read it, right? Uh Yes, son, I do. (laughs) He's going to go back, he's going to read it, and he's going to check everything that Jesus said, because he knows and he believes in his heart that the Word of God is true. Mm -hmm. But he's not putting all the dots together. He's not a Nicodemus saying, please show me where this is in the scripture. He's still rebellious. So when you start to say, many of them got saved, it's because I believe they went back to the word.
1: Right. But Nicodemus was the teacher of the word, and he just needed some things tuned up. Because he came and said, many of us believe that you come from God. And that's why Jesus didn't even get into the details and told him, you got to be born again. Because so he was a step away, and now he realized that he had to be born again. He needed a new perspective from the Word in order to be saved. Well, what
2: piqued my interest in this is I was at the bookstore, and I found a book written by a rabbi to Jewish—to— uh, um, Jewish congregants, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to help them with their biblical ignorance. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry, the religious ignorance. He didn't call it biblical ignorance. Mm -hmm. They were religiously ignorant. They did not know why they did what they did. We celebrate, we bar mitzvah, we have the Passover, we celebrate the... Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. We celebrate the The feast. The
1: booth. Including...
2: Purim, they love, mm-hmm. you know, the
1: parties, uh,
2: yeah, the party and stomping their feet and hanging Haman's mm-hmm. ears and mm-hmm. things, you know, they love all of that and they teach their kids all those things. Yam, um, Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and th- so all this, tr- but the rabbi was very discouraged because even though they celebrate those things, they celebrate them because they teach from their perspective religious truth. And most of the people that are coming to synagogue don't know the religious truth that's being taught by the event, and it was very disconcerting to him. So Mm -hmm. he wanted to educate them. And it was very interesting to me, because I would have thought that of people that knew why they believed what they believed, that those who were Jewish were more passionate about it than many of the—I'll use the phrase—Catholic or Protestants, because the Christians of the world typically do not know as much about their faith as— God would like. I'll, yeah. I'll use God as the standard.
1: And that's true. I mean a statistic that I heard. 99% of the uh, of the G- people who are Jewish have not read the Tanakh. That's the Old Testament. Yeah. And 90% of the rabbis haven't read the Tanakh. And I mean they they know the Mishnah. They know that the, the 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 well the other books.
2: Are, statistics are terrible for evangelical pastors too. Yeah, you have to pastors know pastors that that have read the Word of God. Uh, the number is not as staggering as you might think. Yeah, and evangelical and, and, pastors that believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God is staggeringly low. No, there's a problem.
1: There's a problem, and 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 that's the that's the ruler. Of this world, he puts the veil in front of the eyes. Oh, you don't need to read that. Oh, we got science to counteract that. Oh, that's not true. Telling the same thing he told Eve. Right? Has God really said? Has God really said? Yeah, we have a book with prophecy in it that has come true in in our lifetime. Don't eat of it, neither shall we
2: touch it. Yeah, yeah. Now that, you're adding something to the word. of God. We, uh, religious people do that all, the, all time. the time. Oh no, we don't do that because that's that'll get you in big trouble with God. I'm like, stop taking things yeah. that are, a, you know, <laughs> are a non-issue or a side right. issue.
1: I mean, uh, uh, the the whole thing of we can't eat meat and dairy, right? So you can't eat turkey bacon and dairy. Well, it has got nothing to do with. Don't boil. A kid in its mother's milk, right? That's adding to it becomes more restrictive, right? So God so has no, no, given you can't
2: get cream in your coffee the, if you have meat served at your meal, right? So that is that is a fact. If you're in Israel, right, that's and the, you go there, if they are serving meat, you won't get cream served with your coffee.
1: it's so it 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 get, it gets interesting, and in that it's you know oh you want that God will let you get it's the same we fall for the same things right the lust of the eye and the all lust of the flesh the and book, the pride and it of life the truth will set you free, free. Right.
2: the truth will set you free god's word is truth know the truth and be free
1: and and the and the thing is there's quibbling on "quote unquote the scientific stuff but then it comes around to oh the bible said that Bible did say there yeah, were rivers the book in the of Job sea. Yeah, and
2: talk about hydroponics yeah. and how yeah. water is
1: formed from, from it, the vapor
2: and all by clouds. Yeah, and
1: it's like carry the water. Uh, yeah, how did they know about that? Yeah. So when they see, get this, they see uh, uh, sedimentary rocks on Mars. They say it must have been water, but on yeah. Earth it's millions of years laid down, uh, uh, <laughs> and it's like. Wait a minute. Just
2: read Read the book, book. It will open your eyes. Oh my goodness. It opened mine.
1: And you just can't read it.
2: Well, let's start there and then study it to show yourself approved. Yeah.
1: You have to, one, have a relationship with the author.
2: Well, that's why Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples, baptizing, not go into the world to make converts churches churches need people who are equipped to disciple others i know it's nice to have people attend church yeah,
1: not go into the world, world and attendees stuff. go into the world and make attendees right, that's I, not you know
2: i'm glad people are in church and hear the word of god and come when they come that's great but i want them to dig deeper. I want them to know the Word of God for themselves. I want them to be fully equipped. So, thank you, Doc, for a lively discussion. Yes. We're going to close in a word of prayer. Father, <laughs> yes. we come to you. It is amazing that you provided us this living Word, uh, truth, the Holy Gospel. Thank you for Jesus Christ coming to uh, reveal the heart of God the Father to us. Thank you for Him, the Word becoming flesh, and for His being willing to dwell among men. Lord, help us to know your Word better, to know your Son better, and to live a life that is now filled with joy as a result. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A shout out to all the callers, shout out to those who sent in texts, shout out to those who pay attention and and view this. Thank and you very much for your for And your for
1: people who want to attention. read the first uh, inc- incident of The God Who Sees Me, read Genesis uh, 16.
2: Amen. Thanks again. God Amen. Hello.
1: This is Pastor Vince Lombardo from Calvary Chapel,
2: Hamilton. I'd like to invite you to join us in worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. You can also join us for our live stream service on YouTube each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Wednesday nights are filled with excitement at Calvary Chapel, Hamilton. We offer an adult Bible study as well as a WANA for the kids and youth group for the teens. Our passion as a church is to help others learn how to love God with all our heart, soul and mind, and love our neighbors as ourselves. Other specialized services and events are listed on our website
0: at www.cchammington.org. Looking for a place to hang out with family and friends and have a great time too? Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street in Hampton, New Jersey, is the place for you. Dave and Steve Ruberton have kept traditions of the townhouse alive and well for more than 35 years. Open Tuesdays through Sundays at 3 p.m., Rocco's Townhouse has a very large selection of micro brewed beers, both on tap and bottled along with daily dinner specials you will never walk away hungry and if you're looking for something different located just downstairs is rock bottom whiskey bar opened every friday and saturday night at 6 p.m and featuring live music from some of the greatest local bands in the area have your next event at rocco's townhouse and rock bottom whiskey bar Rocco's Townhouse, 21 North 3rd Street, Hamilton, New Jersey, is the place where everyone is meeting. Visit them online at Rocco'sTownhouse.com or give them a call at 609-561-9384. That's 609-561-9384. Everyone meets at Rocco's Townhouse. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Carpenter's Son with Pastor Vince Lombardo of Calvary Chapel of
1: Hamilton. Join us next Tuesday at 7 p.m. for The Carpenter's Son on WNJHradio.com.